Ahoy, motherfuckers. Welcome to Hindsight. That's Brandon. I'm Derek. What's happening? I think that the movie we're going to be discussing uh, today might be, after watching it again, Brandon, I think it might be in my top 20. Yeah, it's one of my 10 favorite movies of all time. Like this movie, it has an incredible cast. They all they all were fleshed out characters. Every mm-hmm. character on the show was a fleshed out character that had multiple, you know, that had multiple lines. They all were fleshed out characters. Everyone did their job. Like everyone came to play, so to speak, came to put in the effort, had a, put in a great performance. The story was great. The twist was great. Like a lot of times you get these movies that have a twist and the twist is like, oh, that's what the twist was. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the twist in this movie was fucking fantastic. It went after you watch the movie and you find out the twist, you then go back and you can see all the things throughout the movie where you could have got what the twist was that they were weaving in for you to understand, which makes it even better. And the ending was great. Like it's a, it's it is a fantastic film. Like everyone talks about Interstellar. And by the way, just so people know, what I'm going to be doing on my weeks, I'm just going to do Nolan movies for a little while because I love Christopher Nolan. But everybody talks about Interstellar as his best movie. And Interstellar is a very complex movie. And it's a, it's not a bad movie. It is a good movie. But to me, this is Nolan's best film. Mm-hmm. Interstellar is a very good film. I really like Interstellar. I think this is better than Interstellar. The next film, which we I want to do, is Memento, which I also think is very good. But this is his best film to me because everything is fantastic. And Christian Bale is out of his mind in this film. Yes. As much as I um, enjoyed seeing uh, Hugh Jackman not being Wolverine, Christian Bale is the literal MVP of this. And 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 I have forgotten that Christopher Nolan cre- made this movie. Mm-hmm. But in him making this movie, it immediately made sense why he would have Christian Bale and Michael Caine back. And Michael Caine, yes, <laughs> <For> Batman. <laughs> there, well, Michael Caine's in all of his movies almost. Because mm-hmm. he's in uh, Inception, but you said yes. So yeah, I mean, he's in almost all of them. <laughs> it's just like such a simple beauty, um, and I think that this might be the best role that. Well, one of the best roles Scarlett Johansson played. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way down the line. And when I watched it, I think this is the maybe the third time that I saw it. Um, because I know I watched it with Nisha when it first came out. We went to the movie theater and saw it. And it was so good that we went ahead and watched the other magic movie that was out around the time. Um, I think it's called The Illusionist. And it wasn't nearly as good. Um, But when I went back and watched it again this time, not only did I see everything that you were talking about, I also saw how from like early on, how Christian Bell's uh, relationship fell apart. Like knowing what you know, when you watched it again and Gosh, this is one of those movies where it's like it's like the sixth sense. Do you want to give up information 
just in case somebody hasn't watched it yet. Yeah, I mean, we spoil every movie, so. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> there true. hasn't been a movie that we don't spoil. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. So, at the end, we find out the the movie is quite simply about revenge. And we know it's about revenge because at one point, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman's character, uh, the great Danton, is talking with... Um, his his assistant and she's like doing this won't bring your wife back and because at at some point in the movie and we'll talk about it but his wife dies and early so he's in been the movie for early on in the movie his so, wife is a handler his, his wife is like a is, is like an assistant and she they do this trick where they drop her in a tank and she gets out of the knot and gets out and surprised but uh borden ties the knot that she couldn't get out of and she drowned in front of everybody in the show. But I mean, he tied the knot with her consent. Yes. They had all discussed it. And they were talking about how, uh, her, how she, they didn't want her to get hurt. Like he was doing it initially to keep her safe. And then it turned into this larger thing where she couldn't get out. They told him not to do it because They said that that's not a good. Michael Cutter said that Michael Caine's character said that's not a good wet knot. It's not a good wet knot, and uh, his uh, Angier's, uh, who's the great Danton, Robert Angier, his wife said, "I can get out of that knot." And um, and bored, and Christopher Bell was looking at her like, "Well, then it's settled." Yeah, basically. But movie begins with them explaining exactly what the prestige is. Uh, Oh, that's what I was going to say before we get into this. You said the movie's about revenge. The movie is a magic trick. The movie itself is a magic trick. And Cutter explains what a magic trick is. And that is literally the movie. You had the show. I think it's called The Show. Do you know what the three were? Yeah, The 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 Pledge, The Turn, and The Prestige. The Prestige is where... You sh- you can't just make something disappear. You have to bring it back. You have to turn. You have to come back around, and that's literally what this show was. The show shows you in the beginning what's going to happen, how they're going to die. Right? Al- Borden's wife dies from being hung. Algier's wife dies from being drowned, and the Prestige Angier dies being drowned, and Borden gets hung. At the end of the movie, like hmm. it is a complete circle, uh, and it's the movie itself is a magic trick in in the term of like how Cutter explained what a magic trick is. Okay, you know what? I didn't even pick up on those two things about the drowning and the hanging being reflected in the husbands as well. That's that's kind of wild. Um, but yeah, part one's a pledge where the magician shows you something ordinary like a bird. Uh, part two is a turn where he does something extraordinary, like make the bird disappear. But this isn't enough because there always has to be a prestige where you have the twist and bring the bird back. Cause that's mm-hmm. what the audience is going to applaud for. That's what they're expecting. Um, and Robert Angier is doing a transporting trick that involves him walking under a giant electrical machine with a Tesla coil. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, before Tesla became Tesla, the car this movie really brought him into as a real character for this movie. Tesla was there. By um, the way, that was David Bowie playing Tesla, and he was incredible. He was great. I didn't even know that. 
Yeah, that was David Bowie. He um playing Nikola Tesla. Walks under an electric a Tesla coil and then disappears through a trap door. Except in this one, he falls straight into a giant tank of water that's been placed under the stair under the stage and is automatically locked inside. And a man in the audience who we find out later is fellow magician Alfred Borden, stage name The Professor and one, forced his way beneath the stage in order in, in time to see Angier drowned. At this point, we didn't split off into three timelines at once. Um, present day, which is 19th century England, uh, and Borden's on trial for, me- for murdering Angier, who we learned was his greatest rival. Uh, Cutter, Michael Caine, is revealed to be Angier's engineer, the man who builds the machinery for his tricks, and the little girl who's at the courthouse is Borden's daughter, Jess. Mm-hmm. And Cutter confides to the judge that, look, I can't tell y'all how that trick worked. Because I'm a magician. And if I do that, I'm going to lose all clout. But I can tell you in secret because the machine and tells the judge in a private meeting that the machine that uh, Danton, that Angier used, wasn't actually built by Cutter. Um it was built by a legitimate wizard and it did what it appeared to do legit. It made people like, like the trial doesn't go well for Borton and he's found guilty. He faces execution. And while he's in jail, he's approached by a solicitor for a collector, Lord Cowdlow, Cowdlow, who's interested in buying his secrets. You know, magicians never give their secrets away. They will die with their secrets and or until they retire and they sell their secret to the next person. Well, since he's about to die, Carlo wants uh, Borton to sell him his secrets of his uh, tricks, particularly the secret yeah, of but his at this famous- point, At this point, we don't know who Lord Carlo is. No, but we know that, we, that he wants the secret of Borton's famous transporter man trick. Um, the same collector has also bought all of Angier's equipment and props because he's dead. Uh, Borden refuses, and the solicitor threatens that Jess, his daughter, is in danger of being declared an orphan and sent to the workhouse unless Cowdlow intervenes. And as an incentive, he gives Borden Angier's diary, which documents the time he spent in Colorado trying to learn Borden's secret. Borden starts reading the diary, and this sends us into the second part of the narrative, which is from Angier's point of view, from uh, Hugh Jackman's point of view. He's on a train to the Rocky in the Rocky Mountains, headed to Colorado Springs, Colorado, on his way to see Nikola Tesla. And he gets off at the train station in town, and he's taken to the inn, where he gets a really warm welcome from the hotel staff because he's their first guest of the winter. I didn't know that. I, I wonder if I was the first guest of the winter if folks would be lining up waiting for me to. But Angier mm-hmm. asks if a ride could be arranged to take him up to Pike's Peak the next day, but he's told the peak is close for experimentation. So he's dropped off on a dirt path in the woods at the farthest point the carriage can take him, and he makes his way up to the fence surrounding a clearing. And he touches the fence and immediately gets electrocuted. And then Tesla's assistant, Allie, who's played by Andy Serkis, 
Mm-hmm. This, I told you this cast is incredible. It's one of the like, best casts of all time. And as you're watching it, you're like, I know that guy. Same guy who was in Black Panther. Same guy who played Gollum in um in in uh Lord of the Rings. But most importantly, same guy who played Caesar in Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Comes out of the gatehouse thinking that at first Angier is another intruder, but then he recognizes him because he's been to Angier's uh, London show. And Angier says he's come to ask Tesla to build him a machine like the one he believes Tesla built for Borton. The machine that allows Borton to do the transmitted, the transport of man trick. Uh, and Ali says he can't help Angier. You got to go. So Angier heads back to the hotel disappointed. And Ali is like, I know you. You're the one who was calling out. Like, there was like five people in the crowd who had stuff in their hands. And and you were you told them what they had in their hands, and it was incredible. And as Angier is walking away, Ali's like, hey, hey, what do I got in my hand? And Angier's like, your watch. And he does have his watch in his hand, so he's all excited about that. Angier sits down in his room and begins decoding a diary that he stole from Borden, which is encrypted with a uh, particular five-letter word password. The whole thing's a, a cipher. Um... And what we find out is that from the beginning, he finally breaks into Borton's diary and we find out that Angier and Borton are partners and they're up and well, they were partners. They were up and comers working for an elderly magician named Milton. And he also Milton also employs uh, Angier's wife, Julia, as well as Cutter. And Julia is played by Piper Parabo. Yeah. Uh, their best trick is an underwater escape trick. It's, it's you know, it's an average trick, but back then it goes. Uh, in this act, Angier and Borden are planted in the audience and caught up to the stage to tie Julia's wrists and ankles before she's ho- hoisted up on a pulley and dropped into a water tank. A curtain descends on the tank and Julia slips the knot around her wrist and escapes using a trick lock on the tank. As a safety precaution... Cutter's position stage right behind the curtains with the stopwatch and an axe, just in case to break the glass. Um, Angier and Borden are on friendly terms, although Angier is somewhat concerned that Borden might be using a knot that's more difficult for Julia to slip. Uh, we later learn that Angier is using an alias so he won't embarrass his prominent family with his theatrical pursuits, while Borden and his engineer Fallon come from a rougher background. Borden is much more ambitious than Angier and isn't afraid to do dirtier tricks and wishes that Milton would try more dangerous tricks like a bullet catch. And Borden claims to have created a trick that will be his masterpiece. One day, Cutter's like, yo, both of y'all need to go and see a real trick. I'm going to send y'all down to watch a Chinese uh, magician, Chung Li Su, and figure out how he makes a heavy goldfish bowl filled with water and goldfish appear from under a cloth. Whoever does it, he said he'll give them time on stage, 10 minutes on stage in front of a promoter. And Jir's like, I don't know how he did it, man. He walking like this and Borden finds out immediately, like he immediately deduces it. He's hella smart that the old magician is really putting up a front. He's holding the ball between his legs under his skirt, hiding the strength required to accomplish a trick by always appealing, appearing frail in public. And Borden admires what the Chinese magician goes to such an extreme that he lives his performance at home. 
And Angier surprised because he tried holding the empty goldfish bowl at home and he was like, it's too heavy. I can't do this. All right. I think we're getting too much in the weeds. No one cares about the Chinese man, Rashani. It may, it, it's important. It's kind of important. No, it's, it's fully important, fam. Why? Look, here's why it's important. Borden and Fallon have been living this dual life for years because Fallon was with Borden before, uh, really before, right around the time that uh, Angier's wife died, Fallon popped up. Which means that Fallon found out about the transport of man way, way, way back and created the two, the two splits. So in him, no, 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 that's not what happened. Fallon is not part of Fallon was not created from Tesla's machine. Fallon is his twin. Fallon is Borden's twin. They're brothers. And and in the show, you can if you go back and watch it. But I've I've seen this movie a million times, so I know. But his name. So the the first one we need his name is Alfred. Borden. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. But his 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 wife that dies, Jess, is calls him Al. Mm-hmm. And Olivia, Scarlett Johansson's character, calls him calls Freddy. calls him Freddie, which is Alfred. Al and Fred Alfred. It's like two parts of the same person. Like it, it's all the shit is weaved in through the movie. Which when you when you watch it multiple times, you start you just like oh you always pick up something new every time I watch it, and that's what I picked up this time. One is Al, one is Fred, Alfred Borden, but they are they are brothers. They weren't created. They weren't created by Tesla. And in fact, he says in the book that like Tesla. Was just his. It was a a red it a, herring. It was a red herring. He had nothing to do with my trick, right? Because it was always a double. And they tell you that in the beginning of the movie. He yeah, goes, Cutter figures it out. He's like, it, it was probably a twin. Yeah, he says, "How does he do?" Algiers all up in arms. How does he do? This is incredible. And he's like, Cutter's like, "Yes, yeah, obvious. It's a double. It's a t- brother or something. Somebody that looks like him." But I mean, he's still living the performance. Which yeah. is the same as what he was saying the Chinese man was doing, which is how he figured it out so easily. But the difference between a double and a brother, yes. and this is what's interesting he's talking about, is that when Algier got his double, Cutter was able to make him look exactly like him. But they, they, one guy was always in the box. One guy was always on stage. They and all had their own stage. roles. Mm-hmm. Right, but they all had their own role. Fallon and Borden were both of them at all times. They would switch. One day they'd be fouled and one day they'd be bored. And one day Al would be fouled and one day Fred would be bored. They would switch. They would both be both characters all the time because they had to live the trick in reality. So they had to be both characters, which is why one of them loved Olivia and one of them loved Jess because mm-hmm. and the other ones didn't. And it was obvious because they were two different people, but they had, they were both switching places because in the, in the, you would think if Fallon loved Olivia and Borden loved Jess, then only Borden would be with Jess and only Fallon would be with Olivia when they're together. But they he couldn't do that to live the like to do the trick. Like the whole thing is the trick. 
And the crazy thing is, now that you mention that, <coughs> and I'm seeing it, it feels like it it's like Fallon and 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 uh, Al have been living this for a long time, doing this switch off thing, because Jess tells him, "I love you, love me today." But I like to ask because sometimes it's different. Sometimes you don't love me. Mm-hmm. And that was like yeah. at the very beginning of their relationship. Yeah. Also, every time Algier confronted Borden on which knot he turned, tied, he does not know the answer because he was not the one that tied the knot. Mm-hmm. I, I was... question whether it was me or whether it was this knot or that knot. Yeah, because it was each time Algier questioned him it was the same Borden but it was never the Borden that tied the knot it was never the brother that tied the knot so every time he would answer I don't know because he really didn't know the answer and so I like they weave these things in throughout the story fantastically just just incredibly and what you talked about was correct there's a lot of revenge in the film right it's it's a lot of pettiness you know, uh, Angier, I mean, Borden finally starts his show after he, you know, after Angier's wife died and Angier shows up and he's supposed to catch the bullet and he fucking shoots him in the hand, blows off two of his fingers, which, you know, was kind of incredible. Uh, you know, and then Borden shows up to his show when he's supposed to do this bird trick, which that bird trick is actually pretty cool. Um, which basically like crush it, which like collapses the, the cage caves. and breaks the the uh, the fingers of one of the people who kind of see the show. Yeah, which was fucked up. So they, you know, they're going back and forth. They have a rivalry. So revenge is definitely part of this movie. But the whole time I'm watching this this time, and I'm and I'm just watching it through the lens of a magic trick. And I'm just like, what are they? You know, what are they showing me? What did they do that's incredible, right? Like, in the middle of the show, you find out, like, a person can actually disappear. Tesla's kind of a wizard. You know, the great Danton blows up. Like, they're showing you all this incredible stuff that's happening. But then they flip it at the end. You know, they have the prestige. What, you know, who is the actual, what is the real transported man, right? What is it? I want to I want to jump around a little bit, uh, not to take it over. Oh, no, I do want to jump around. I wanted to talk to you about the one of the things is what do you think about their both of their commitments to the act, right? Because that's another big theme of this film that I took this time watching is that you know we talked about Borden being so committed that him and Fallon are just switching up and living that life even outside of the stage, but Angier was so committed to the act that he was killing off a duplicate of himself every time he performed the Transported Man act. Mm-hmm. So like At the end of the movie, they show you that like every time he did that act, the trap door was not needed. The trap door was not part of the act. He did not need the trap door. The trap door was there so that one of them could die and the other one would be alive, so nobody would see two of them running around. And so at the end of the movie, if you pay attention... At the very last scene of the movie, when the when his warehouse is burning down, you'll look at you'll see all the tanks of dead Algiers are still in there, and they're all just lined up in his warehouse, dead. Um, and he said he that he wasn't sure 
when he, he was like, I never knew when I was on stage or when I was when I was one falling through the trap door when I was one that was on stage. I think that that one at the end that they showed it, they actually zoom in on. That might be the original. Yeah, I think that's I think you're right. And so he was willing to kill himself, essentially, in all intents and purposes, kill himself for the for the trick for the trick. And so it just makes me wonder, like, how committed, like, you know, what, what's the guy, Chris Angel in mm-hmm. real life? Like, how committed is Chris Angel to the trick, right? You know, people like magicians, like daredevils, like Evil Knievel, like, how committed are they to this? And I wonder how far Chris Angel would go for a trick. Like, how far would he go to to do an illusion, to do a, a crazy trick? Um and so I, I really enjoy that part of this movie because the, the whole movie is leading up to this. It's like, tell it. And the funny thing is, it's the movie is telling you. Like, I love how great a movie is when it's telling you the twist. The entire movie. The entire movie is telling you the twist. Because at one point. And you don't get it. They show uh, Cutter. Because they have a trick that they do throughout the movie where they show a birdcage with a bird inside of it. And they crush the birdcage. Um, they squish the birdcage and it disappears. And they lift up the, they put a, a cover over the birdcage. They smash it down. And then they lift the cover up or the the, the sheet up and the birdcage is gone. Well, what they're doing is they're crushing the whole birdcage. It's collapsible. Mm-hmm. And they're also crushing the bird that's inside the birdcage. And then they're pulling another bird out from a secret compartment. And it's a sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. Well, Algier says to Cutter when they set up the trick uh, that involves his birdcage, the one where he it actually it accidentally breaks the the participant's fingers. He said, "I'm not killing any birds." And Cutter tells him, "If you're not willing to kill birds, you're in the wrong business. If you're not willing to kill, you're in the wrong business for this." You're not willing to get your hands dirty. And that yes. was the exact point towards the show. That's the show towards the prestige at the end, where you find out that at the end, he was willing to get his hands extremely dirty and kill these birds. Well, also earlier, when they first did that trick, the little boy's crying, said you killed the bird. And then he says, here's another bird. Just says another bird. He says, but what about his brother? brother? What about his brother? Which is, (laughs) is, and then Christian Bale says, this little kid is smart. And then he shows him a coin of a two-sided head. Like, it's all in there. It's all in this movie throughout the movie. It's so it's so amazingly done how they just weave in all these. Like, every I've seen this movie a million times now. And every time I pick up something different, like how they weave in, they're tell, like, he's telling you what's going on. And you got to figure it out. And you don't figure it out till Like, the first time I watched this movie, I didn't figure it out until literally the end. Like I did not figure it out until literally the end, the first time I watched this movie, because I was caught up in like the story, because the story itself is good. I'm caught up in the revenge story, like you said. I'm caught up in who's gonna get, who's gonna come out on top, who's gonna be the top musician. And so, subsequent times I'm watching this movie and just realized like how much stuff is weaved into this movie. So, what do you think about the the love story, like you know, with Olivia? Uh, Angier and Borden, the love triangle there. 
So for a second, for, for a long second, I thought that Olivia was actually going to end up being a setup dame, but she wasn't. She literally fell in love with Al, with Freddie. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I mean, the way Andrea, for his, for his, to his credit, he set it up perfectly. Like you're going to tell him the truth and he's going to think you're lying, but you're going to act like you love him. And, but she actually fell in love. So then all of a sudden it's like, you dirty bitch. <laughs> you don't lost her to the other side, but you pushed her there. And she said the part of her anger, like initially the anger, I feel like it was false, but it wasn't like he sent me over to you. Like I was just, uh, honestly, like she was just nobody to him. And she hated him for that. I feel like that was true. Like I said, I feel like this is the best performance that uh, Scarlett Johansson has done in a film that I can think of in the past 10 years, 20 years. Um, but, yeah, she didn't know. She was like, yeah, uh, your your wife, Sarah, came to talk to me. And I was so afraid that I hid. If they had I talked. think the wife knew though. Yeah, at the end she did when she hung herself. She was like, yeah. "Yo, I I know something's going on." I think she figured out what they were doing. It was just like I don't want no parts of this anymore. Like I think she knew that there was two of them. Because at some point he told Fallon like, "Hey, me and her funking," and I think when he told Fallon, that was the actual person who loved. Sarah, like, yo, we're going through some things. It didn't work out. What I need you to do is go ahead and, uh, you know, show her some real love when you get to the house. I thought it was played perfectly. I want to know, also, David Bowie in this film as Tesla is a... I've never seen him act before this. It's a very, it's a very like, it sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. Did you know? First of all, the first time I watched this movie, I did not know it was him. I didn't know at all. I didn't know it was him the first time I watched this movie. But after that, I was like, oh. And then it makes sense that they would get him. Like to me, he's perfect for that character. Like that makes perfect sense that he would play that character in this film. And I, I just don't know how to better explain that this whole movie is I I I don't want to call it a perfect movie because I don't think there is a perfect movie, but I can't find any flaws in this movie. As many I can watch this is one of those movies that I can watch over and 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 over again. And it's always good. And I always find something new or something that I didn't see the first time or something that I didn't remember. Like this one. Here's the wildest thing to me, this movie. I totally so Cutter was on Borden's team the whole time. Yeah, I was wondering that. Yeah, I still don't understand. Like at the end of the movie. So him playing with Borden's daughter, he gives her, he gives him just back. Yeah, but we we think that's before everything, right? the The way they shoot it, you think that's before the story, but you find out that's after the story. Like him talking to Jess about the trick and the magic trick. That's after all of this happened. 
And when one of the Bordens gets out of jail and after he kills Angier, then he goes back. And when he goes in to confront Angier, he walks right past Cutter. And Cutter kind of tips his head to him and keeps it moving. Mm -hmm. So was Cutter, because you you think Cutter was for Angier the whole time. Uh, Maybe he was, and this is one thing I don't know. Maybe he was, and Angier actually, maybe Cutter turned on Angier because Cutter's about the tricks. And Angier went and got real magic. (laughs) And Cutter was not for that real magic. And he thought that was, because he says to the judge, do me a favor, destroy this machine. (laughs) Do not give anyone this machine. It should be destroyed. And Tesla said the same thing. He he left him a note and said, "Hey, I built the machine you want, but if you want my advice, destroy it." And it really was the death of him. I love this movie. <laughs> what I so? What did you think about the reveal? Like the I know you've seen it a million times, but when it all came together that felt that uh, Al and Frederick were twins and they had been switching off this whole time. How'd that make you feel? The first time I watched it, I was blown away. Cause I was like, when they do the little, they do, they do a quick little flashback, like a little montage of like different things. And his wife saying, you love me today, but you don't love me sometimes. And they show them taking the makeup off. And they refer to Olivia talking to Algier, saying, hey, he has makeup in the back. Like, there's a double. Because she knows something's up. She's I, I don't know if Olivia knew. Maybe Olivia didn't know. Or I don't know. I don't know if Olivia knew uh, if they were that they were doing. That. I don't think she did. I think she just thought he had a double. But she hasn't. But I was blown away because... It's so obvious, right? It's like, oh, so much, so often these, you know, you know, like he knows a big uh, violator of this in Light Shamanar. Mm-hmm. He tries to do these big twist movies and they get convoluted and they don't make sense after time. And this movie was, Nolan was like, and Nolan, Nolan has done that before. Like a lot of people say Tenet doesn't make sense. I think Tenet makes sense. But a lot of people say Tenet doesn't make sense. This movie, the twist was so surprising because it was so obvious. He's <laughs> like, you should have known the whole time it was a double. Of course it was a double. Of course he has a twin. But you didn't because he weaves everything else in the story so much that you don't even think about that. I mean, they literally had Michael Caine say it. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie, in the first act of the movie. And we're all just like Hugh Jackman, like, uh-uh. No, nah, that can't be it. It's got to be something more than that. No, it's a twin. One of the things that I just saw in the trivia that I'm going to go back and look for now, and I bet you I see it. One of the two twins has a hairless scar running through his left eyebrow while the other does not. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't notice that. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, uh, Angier believes so strongly that Borden got his machine from Tesla because Tesla's the thing that he uses for his cipher to unlock his cipher. Mm-hmm. And so he has Tesla build the machine, but it takes a while because he's 
first of all, he goes to Colorado Springs and he finds out the whole town is electric. Like this is back in the 19th century. And this is a whole city where everybody's using electricity. But uh, Angier's or uh, Tesla's assistant shows him that it's not just the town that has electricity. It's the ground everywhere that has electricity. Um, he puts a uh, light bulb into the ground and shows it, whatever. Then Tesla takes him into his building and shows him the machine he's working on. Angier says, money's not an object, build me one. And Tesla gets to work. He says, it'll take a while, enjoy our mountain. And he brings, he takes his top hat to show him the progress he's made. And when he turns on the machine, the top hat doesn't go anywhere. So Angier is upset because it's supposed to be teleported somewhere, but it's still sitting right there. Uh, Tesla says he needs more work, tells Angier to come back again later on. Angier begins to believe that Tesla's just using his money to fund his experiments. Which he was. Tesla admits that that is what's happening because uh, Thomas Edison is coming through and kicking down the buildings over and over again, sending uh, people into Tesla's presentations to yell out stuff like, it's unstable. So then he's, he's shaking his credibility. But Tesla tells uh, Angier, you know, we figured out what it was. We didn't have something that was organic. So he takes uh, his assistant's cat and puts it uh, into the machine. And they turn it on and the cat still just sits right there. Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, it's broke. They show at this point in time uh, that the professor has gotten extremely famous doing his transport of man trick. And so Angier has started doing what's called the new transported man because <laughs> yeah. he found a person, well, Cutter found a person that looked just like him named Root. And everything's going just fine, except A, Angier is upset because in the new transported man, he drops to the bottom of a trap door. He opens up a door. There's nothing behind it. It's just like they walk through doors. He walks through one door. Scarlett Johansson walks through the other door to show that there's nothing behind these doors. Um, and then he throws his hat across the stage and drops down a trap door into a, onto a beanbag almost, while Root, his lookalike, goes up on the other side. And it's all good, and it's working out just fine, except Angier is underneath the stage while everybody's applauding. He doesn't like that. But then Borden finds out about Root because Angier believes Scarlett Johansson told him. And so Borden tells Root, you know, because he, he knows who Root is, but he's playing like he's actually Angier. And he was like, you know, the problem would be the power you're giving your double. Like, now he has all the power, and what if he doesn't want to help you? And just like that, all of a sudden, Root, who's an alcoholic anyway, stops showing up to catch the hat. Uh, the the bag gets pulled out from underneath him one time, and he falls and hurts his knee, so he's limping for the rest of his days. Um, just all these different things. And then Borton shows up once when he uh, falls to the bottom and hurts his knee. Borton shows up up top because he's performing across the street. And he's like, man, 
it's a shame that y'all aren't across free watching me do real magic. And then Root dresses Angier comes down from the um Ruth from the Raptors, uh tied up with a sign that says you should go see the person across the street. I love how Gordon manipulated Root. He knew the whole time that he was a fake and just worked him. Mm-hmm. Worked him into uh, a shoot, as they say. It was perfect. It was perfect at all. Or it was all perfect. Um, so Angier uh, confronts Olivia, who also insists, like you said, that Borden's trick is accomplished by using a double because she's seen makeup and wigs lying around. And he deduced that such items are planted by Borden as misdirection for her. This dude's trying to be the smartest person in the room, and it turns out that his stupidity costs him everything. When he questions her loyalty, she produces Borden's encrypted diary as proof that she didn't betray him. Um, and when Angier gets through Borden's diary, he finds out that Borden knew that he was going to steal the diary. He had Olivia give him the diary as proof of her love for him. But at the same time, Borden's private life starts falling apart. He starts having an affair with Olivia, or it seems. And his wife is drinking because of their deteriorating marriage. And at one point, uh, he instructs Fallon to deal with his family while going off to see Olivia because he appears to genuinely care for both women. Now, we've already told you what's going on, but to see it happen in action is just, like, excellent. Sarah hangs herself amongst the birds who are also dying for his magic. Um, and so the transported man becomes a hit and Jeer's version of it. Um, he's extremely secretive about his methods. He's hiring blind stagehands, uh, to put it together. And he's not allowing Cutter backstage at any time. Mm -hmm. Uh, he demonstrates to an infamous influential promoter what's going on and he's that with electricity from the machine's tesla coil and disappears from plain sight and then reappears up in the balcony appearing to traverse the distance instantaneously this is the part where i think he died or no i think he already knew what was going to happen so he set it up but because they show later on that when he tried this out on his own the clone showed up and he shot him in the chest immediately with the gun. Yeah, he shot him because he was so freaked out. Mm -hmm. So the first time he shows him the trick, that's not the first time he did it. That's the first time he killed one of himself. Yeah. And so Borton is trying to figure out what's going on because all he can tell is that Angier's trick involves a tra trap door. So he comes up on stage because Angier's like, yo, to anybody who wants to see how this works, you're more than welcome. There's no secrets. But Borton sneaks underneath the stage we saw in the prologue and watches Angier fall through the trap door and into the tank and drown. And it's clear that Borton didn't have anything to do with it because he's like, he's drowning, save his life. And you can hear him screaming from the outside. But or in or on stage, you can hear him screaming it from underneath the stage. Um, he actually tried to save his rival's life by attempting to break through the glass of the tank with a pipe. And Cutter runs down under the stage and gets the wrong idea. Borden gets arrested and Jeer's confirmed dead with Cutter identifying the body. He saw him on a slab. 
Um, in his prison cell back in the present day, Borden comes to the end of Angier's diary, which gloats at Borden for being blamed for Angier's death. Um, Borden believes the diary must be a fake until he's called out of his cell to say goodbye to Jess and meet the collector who wants to buy a secret. And the collector, Lord Caldlow, is Angier. And Borden is dismayed that he would go so far and involve his child in their rivalry. And Angier refused to help clear his name at all and won't even take the secret of Borden's transmitted, transported man when bribed, telling him mine is better. Borden swears he'll get out and have his revenge, and he promises his daughter Jess that he'll come for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Cutter is angry when he discovers that Angier's alive when he calls on Caldwell to offer him the machine, hoping to convince him to destroy it. Uh, Cutter quickly realizes that Angier's remorseless about framing Borden, and he says he thinks he's figured out the secret to Angier's version of the transmitted man and thinks he's transported man and thinks that he's gone too far. But Borden has one last visitor, and it's Fallon. And Borden tells him what he's learned, gives him the rubber ball he sometimes uses for tricks, and tells Fallon to go and, quote, live for both of us. Cutter brings the machine to Angier, and as he leaves, we see Fallon arrive to confront Angier. And this is intercut with scenes of Borden being hanged. Borden dies just as Fallon shoots Angier. And the camera pans up to reveal that Fallon has two missing fingers and Borden's face. Angier finally realized that the secret of Borden's transport of man was simple, that Borden had a twin brother, and they were switching back and forth between the double roles of Borden and Fallon. One of them loved Sarah, and the other one loved Olivia. And they both lived half the same life, never telling anyone in order to maintain the illusion. In fact, in a flashback, it's shown that the unmutilated twin actually chopped his fingers off Mm -hmm. in order to look like his mutilated twin who had his fingers shot off by uh, Angier. So when Sarah, his wife, were saying, why do your fingers keep bleeding? It was because he had just chopped them off. Which is wild. Mm -hmm. You living your raps that hard? Mm -hmm. And Borden distracts her by slamming a fist down and saying they can't afford a doctor. But Angier, who only ever cared about the glory of wowing an audience, went to far more terrible extremes because he rigged the trap door to drown the man on stage. So then he could show up in the back. He said he never knew if he'd be the prestige or the man in the box. The room where the machine is being kept is filled with water tanks, all of them which hold the drowned double of Angier for every time he performed the trick. Several times throughout the movie, He's muttered to himself a line that we hear and we've heard before in a different context. No one cares about the man in the box. Mm-hmm. That's a big theme in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Angier falls and kicks over the lantern as he dies from his wound and the resulting fire ensures the machine and all the evidence are destroyed. No and one so- looks at Fallon because he's the man in the box. No one would think Fallon is anything other than Fallon. Mm-hmm. And so we loop back to the trick with the small and, birds. Oh, and the one more thing. And oh. the difference between them is that neither Borden needs the glory. They just love the art of magic, right? Mm-hmm. There's a point in the movie where 
They're talking to him. I think and he Olivia admits that he's a better that Fallon's a better magician than he is, but Algiers is a better showman. Yeah, Algiers is a better showman. And he's they they tell him that, like, you gotta ask some show. But he's like, I love the trick. I love the art of illusion. I love, I love this. And so what ended up eventually you I guess you gotta say bored in one because he's alive, is Algiers need to be on stage is all mm-hmm. of this, right? All of this came from I gotta find a way to do the transported man and be the person up there mm-hmm. to get all the glory and adulation. Whereas Borden would do the transporting man and they switch it up every time. They didn't care who was upstairs and who was in the box. And they that, cared about the trick. They cared about the trick. So he cared about the show, or not the show, but the um everything but the prestige and Algier cared solely about the prestige, which, you know, is you, for us, the prestige feels like the money, the, 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 the success, the, the accolades in our lives, but in magician terms, it means something completely different. I really do love this movie. Um, as cutter is told just Borden at the end, uh, before the audience can clap, you have to make the disappeared man come back. And on cue, uh, Fallon comes to reclaim Jess. And she runs into his arms, and Borton and Cutter exchange nods. Mm-hmm. What would you give this movie? Honestly, whatever it takes. If it's five stars, it, it's get five stars. If it's if it's a, if it's out of ten, it gets ten. This was a perfect movie, and it made um, it was so well done that all of a sudden other magician movies came out where they had to have some sort of a twist. Because after this, now you see me came out. Somebody on Twitter said I should watch The Illusionist. Yeah, I've never seen The Illusionist. That's the one that Nietzsche and I watched right after we saw this one. Because we're on a, a magic kick. It's cool. It ain't this. Yeah, I of can't course. imagine it being better than this. I mean, Edward Norton, he he's an acting person too. Paul Giamatti's in it. But yeah. I don't I don't know if it can mm-hmm. top this. I haven't seen it, so I don't want to judge it. But it's it's very few movies for me that top this. This is one of my favorite movies. Well, let's check that one out and then we can talk about it as well. And just really as a compare and contrast sort of compare and contrast sort of thing. This is up. But yeah, no, they both came out the this same is up there with year, Primal 2006. Fear That's another movie that I love that a lot of people don't know about. Primal Fear is a classic. Um, and I honestly felt like this movie didn't get the love it deserved. No, it didn't. Actually, it's the second lowest rated movie that Christopher Nolan's ever done. What? Yep. How is this at 76 on Rotten Tomatoes? I, I really would like yep. you to explain that to me. It's since been surpassed by Interstellar, your other movie you were just talking about. Is the lowest rated? Yep. Interstellar is now the lowest rated at 71%. Is Interstellar rated lower than t- Tenet? Hmm. I thought Interstellar was really good. I still have not seen it. I think people can. You haven't seen Interstellar, really? No, no. I wanted to, but I never got a chance. 
I thought people could. I I liked um, I like Tenant, but I understand why some people would not like Tenant. Um, but I don't I don't understand how people are like Interstellar. I guess maybe it's too confusing for some people. It is kind of confusing. <laughs> like Interstellar is very confusing. Um, it may be even more so than Inception. In fact, it's absolutely more confusing than Inception. I think sometimes no one gets too much in that because a lot of people can't follow. So maybe that's why it's lower. But this one wasn't hard to follow. So I'm not sure why people didn't like this one. No, this wasn't difficult, wasn't difficult at all to follow. Well, um, who knows? Maybe the next movie will be The Illusionist. I don't know. I gotta really no. think about that. I'm not doing that next. What do you what do you want to do next? I gotta think about it. Uh give me one second. I thought you, I thought you wanted to do house party. I don't. I mean, I do, but <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Um, but, Brandon, you got anything coming up? No, I just love, I'm glad you watched this. I love talking about this movie. I'm glad you recommended it. I had, I love the movie, but I've forgotten why I love the movie. Because two things, I love magic. I do like I when we went to Vegas uh, for our AAU tournament in August, I really tried to go see a magic show, but we went and saw the Jabberwockies, which was fine. You know, that was free and it was great. So I'm, I'm OK with that. But I really wanted to. You know, make it out. Um, yeah, thanks for recommending it. That was dope. That was good. Have you ever seen um, Hot Fuzz? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, I think that's what we'll do next. What is that? It's a cop movie starring uh, Simon Pegg and his homeboy. Okay. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. So, yeah, let's do Hot Fuzz next Sunday. Okay. I'm enjoying starting to watch movies again. Yeah, me too. Um, also, I want to go and see Violent Night and Bear on Cocaine. What the hell are those two movies? Violent Night is Santa Claus uh, meets Die Hard. Like Santa Claus saves a family that's being taken hostage. It stars <laughs> the dude uh, David Harbor uh, Harbor from oh, David uh, Harbor from Stranger Things. From Stranger Things, yeah, he's Santa. So I really want to see that one soon. And then Bear on Cocaine is just as it sounds. In the 80s, a bear actually sniffed some cocaine and went on a killing spree. Oh, I heard Levitar talking about that. Yeah. So those are two that I want to talk about on uh, Why So Serious. In the Knives Out sequel. Yes. So we have three big ones that are coming up, fam. And then for this, we have Hot Streak. Or not Hot Streak, sorry. Hot Fuzz. Blue Streak. Blue Streak is the other one, but no, this is Hot Fuzz. Uh, yeah, yeah. But y'all can uh, follow Brandon on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Uh, black is spelled B-L-K. I'm on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. The show is on Twitter at Hindsight Reviews, R-E-V-U-E-S. Um, you can email the show at... Uh, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Um, you can 
Leave a voicemail for the show at 916-633-1537. Uh, you can leave a review for the show on Spotify or on um, Podchaser or on the Apple Podcast app or on uh, the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast or on buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Any way you look at it, thank you so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to watch you later. Peace. The theme music for Hindsight is The Insider Theme by The Insider. You can find this song on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.